Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Super Castlevania 4 for Super Nintendo. Super Castlevania 4 was developed and produced by Konami and released in Japan on October 31st of 1991. Ooh. Well, yes. Not too long after the launch of the system. Yeah, yeah. It was then followed up shortly afterwards in December in North America of 1991. But our friends in those PAL territories, Europe and beyond, they had to wait for November of 92. Oh, burn. A little bit of a burn indeed. Injustice. Now, this game is confusingly named because there is no Super Castlevania 1 through 3. Right, right. This is just the fourth Castlevania, and like many other Super Nintendo games, it also got the Super moniker in front of its name. They just had to brag. They did indeed. But Super Castlevania 4 was directed by Masahiro Uene, and he also directed the Lethal Enforcers series. Okay. I know, a little bit off. Still Konami. (laughs) But um, he did program the NES Metal Gear. All right. So that has a lot of fans out there. And he also worked on the Contra franchise in a lot of different capacities. Fair enough. So he's had his hand in many uh, a good franchise, I think. Yeah, definitely. Now, his team wanted to remake Castlevania 1. Right. They wanted to give it the flourishes and uh, all the wonderful new things the Super Nintendo could accomplish. Sure, yeah, beef it out. Yeah, and I think they did a really good job of really employing the tricks of the Super Nintendo, and we'll get into those as we go through the levels more, I think. Yeah, yeah. Now, the game was re-released many times, uh, most recently on the SNES Mini. Oh, right, right. But it's been on the Game Boy Advance, I think, or the you know virtual consoles of many different systems. It's a mainstay. And then the soundtrack was also released many times, uh, but more recently it was released on vinyl. Oh, wow. So if you are a big record fan, you can get the soundtrack on vinyl from Mondo Records. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. So, Nick, what kind of game is Super Castlevania 4? Well, Eric, this is a side-scrolling um, action platformer. Um, and as you kind of mentioned before, it's very much along the you know classic uh, Castlevania 1 lines. Mm-hmm. Yes, in this game you are, once again, Simon Belmont. Yeah. The hero of the first two Castlevania games. And in this game you can jump. And it is your classic Castlevania jump. Well, kind of, but now you can adjust it in the air you know yeah it's got a slight upgrade i mean there's a lot of ways where i would catch myself off guard oh yeah because i'm like oh i keep doing these things i don't have to because Mm -hmm. i'm you know playing it like an old one so while this is a uh somewhat of a fixed arc to your jump you're not fixed in the direction you go as you used to be in castlevania yeah so you do gain uh some substantial mobility here yeah so you can i guess turn around a little bit in your jump yeah, yeah, you can, it's, 
it's kind of weird and i mean the level design doesn't require it really so it's you know i don't know but it is there and you can uh you know you get a lot more freedom in, in the air you do and then in this game you also have your standard castlevania weapon the whip the classic the, the vampire killer yeah but now it does also have a huge upgrade yeah you get um an eight directions of whipping mm -hmm. sort of like well it's not really eight it's more like seven right. seven directional whipping because you can't really whip down. Now, if you're in the air, you can, but mm -hmm. that's kind of tough to do sometimes. But you do have a very strong whip forward, backwards, mm -hmm. now up, which is amazing, and in the four diagonal directions. Yeah, which is priceless. Very <laughs> priceless. And it makes this game a lot easier in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. It makes certain you know enemies that were the bane of many other Castlevanias not so, not so rough. Yeah, Medusa heads, I'm looking at you. That's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> And then another big thing about this whip is not only can you whip in eight directions, but you can also do like the noodle whip. Yeah, the limp which, whip. Or... <laughs> you know, that's the two things I've always heard it described as. And that is where once you've held down the whip button, you don't whip and let go. You can hold it in. It'll just hang hang out there. Yeah, it kind of dangles around. You can flop it in different directions. Yeah, and if you change the direction on your D-pad, you will kind of, you know, swing it very small, weird, you know, wiggles around yeah, you. Yeah, it's a strange little beast. <laughs> it does look really goofy, but it is handy in a lot of instances. Sure, yeah, especially for, like, absorbing projectiles and stuff. Yeah, like ones thrown at horrible bosses at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> another huge improvement is you can do all of these whipping things while you're jumping. Yeah, yeah. So you can do these diagonals while you are doing your jump. You can jump, turn around, in mid-jump, and do a diagonal whip. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like, it's like a whole other game. No, it starts to approach like contra levels of aerial, like combat acrobatics. I guess you know it's much slower than contra, but it's still there. Uh, you also can use the whip to grapple certain areas at very specific these like rings. Mm -hmm. There are purple and gold ones. Yeah, I uh, don't know, think there's a difference between the two. Yeah, I don't think so either. But that's pretty cool. It's uh, something you always. I always wonder, I'm like, why can't you grapple with this? You know, if you're using a whip, doggone it. Yeah, I agree entirely. And the mechanic for that, though, is a little, well, it's not that intuitive at first, but it's actually the same swinging mechanic that many other games use. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you have to push down to extend the whip, but you only get that extension if you've got momentum going. Yeah, and you got you can rock yourself back and forth. It kind of reminds me of the grappling beam in Super Metroid. Definitely. And then the dismount is the weird part, though. Yeah, when you release the whip button, it's like you kind of, you know, you'll you'll stop swinging and you get a little spring, kind of a jump. Yeah, you get a little it. hop out of it. And I always found that very awkward. I, I never really knew how I was going to be leaving that area. There is kind of a, a faith element where I'm like, all right, I'm close enough, just but be ready in case I go springing off, you know? Exactly. Another sweet mobility addition here is your interactions with stairs have changed a bit. You can... Oh, sweet is, is <laughs> not even the word. You can jump up, and by holding up, you can jump onto them, and you can jump down through them now by pressing down and jump. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's super handy. And jumping onto them is also just really, really nice. There are a few areas because, you know, before you would have to, in previous Castlevanias, you would press up or down to access stairs, you know, but now right. if you just hold left or right, you know, you'll start scaling up them as well mm -hmm. which there were a few areas where it, it kind of gave me trouble where i'm like i don't want to go down these stairs right I, i'm just trying to edge off to get a jump and yeah. it kind of got squirrely there but all in all pretty nice it's a, a much i've wanted it for years with old, the old castlevanias you know yeah yeah indeed 
And then, of course, there are many items you'll find in the game, just as in the other Castlevanias. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll save the sub-weapons for a moment and get through the boring ones first. Sounds good. Starting with the sacks of money. Yep, good old good old sacks of money, just like Castlevania 1, they're worth points. And points do have a meaning in this game, because at a certain point threshold, you will get a free life. I know the first one's at 20,000. Mm-hmm. After that... 50, 60, 40, somewhere in there. I wasn't getting a whole lot more after that first or second one. No, I, yeah, agreed. <laughs> Even though I was going out of my way to a point to get these points where I was like, why am I doing this in yeah. the final <laughs> level? So I was like, no, just move forward. They are this is not worth any of the they trouble. They tempt you. They're like, look at all these bags of money. Well, especially in that one treasure area. And then, of course, we didn't mention that your whip is upgradable. You start with a mm-hmm. leather whip or what looks like a rope. <laughs> Although I think there's a little more animation going on in that version than the upgrades. Yeah, well, I mean, once you get the chain in there, it's like a series of like chain links. Much smaller. Whereas the, uh, the whip itself actually has little like kind of links. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it looks kind of weird, but all in all, it looks pretty good, I think. It does. And the way you upgrade your whip is by finding the Morning Star, mm-hmm. just as you did in the other ones. Good old familiar sprite, you'll see it there. Indeed, and there are two levels to increase it. The first one just makes it the chain whip is the same length, mm-hmm. and the second one increases the length of that chain whip. Yeah, yeah. And those are both stronger than that uh, original leather whip. Yeah, and these um, whips, you know, you know, we can mention too that you know this has a slightly larger sprite. Yes. For uh, Simon than previously, so when you really get that long whip, like you're getting a lot of uh, area to mm-hmm. your attacks now. Yeah, I will point this out later, but I remembered the sprite being much larger than it was. Yeah. Um, in my, my mind's eye. It's, uh, you know, it is a little bigger than my personal preference, but, you know, they it doesn't work against you here. I think no. they, they covered it with level design, you know, pretty yeah, well. Yeah, d- definitely. Uh, then there are two helper items that help you with the enemies. There is the invisibility potion. Yeah. And that, you know, makes you flash, and you're invisible which means you do not take damage from enemies, but you also don't interact with them. Right. Just run through them. But you don't kill them either. It's not an invincibility. And once again, I must say, uh, there's not a lot of these, and they're not usually in areas that are that great. So Correct. Well, they're... there's only one <laughs> less useful item. Oh, and, and what's that? Uh, that is the rosary. Or, oh. in, I'm not sure what else it's called. It used to be like, the what, the cross? The mm-hmm. yeah, just the... It's obviously a rosary, though. It's a cross with a beaded chain on it. On it yeah. And when you get it, it kills everything on screen. Yeah, just, just like it always has. All one of the enemies that are usually hanging around there. <laughs> yeah, again, not usually in the best, most useful spots. There was only, I think, one spot towards the very end of the game where I was like, well, that was cool, because it killed like three things, right. one of them being an axe knight. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's like, cool, thanks for help with that skeleton or that yeah. weed. Yeah, I'm like, if this, these seem like they would be more useful if you had random drops, you know? Very much so. Or they dropped from enemies. Yeah, yeah. But they don't. They, so, yeah. they like everything else, which we really kind of forgot to mention, drops from the candles that you oh, yeah. hate so much <laughs> that you must mercilessly destroy all across Lord Dracula's estate. Simon Candleslayer strikes out again. And then there are the health-based items. Yeah, you have a slightly enlarged menu here. Yeah. Now, in this game, you have 16 bars of health, Mm -hmm. which is a weird number. Yeah, yeah. That's always, that's you know, I don't know why they landed on that one, but whatever. (laughs) But that's what you got. And then this time, you have uh, two types of food you can get. You have the small pork chop, which looks more like a chicken wing. Yeah. Or or sorry, a a chicken leg. Like a turkey, yeah. Yeah. 
And the cool part is those will drop from candles. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're not just hidden in the walls like in previous ones. Yeah, and it's it's nice, man. They're, they're pretty generous with them. The small one restores five of your health bars. Okay, so it's still nice. Very nice. And then the large pork chop or the big slab of meat, which is almost always found in the walls, mm-hmm. so your standard wall meat, that gives you 10 bars of health back. Nice. And then, of course, there's only one way to get your entire bar of life refilled, and that is by defeating a boss and retrieving the magic crystal. Yeah. Or o- red orb. The orb that falls down. Mm-hmm. Get some sweet heartbeat sounds now, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, if you want to be cool, you catch that orb <laughs> before it hits the ground. You don't want to be a loser, a ground loser. Never. And then, very, very rarely, you will find the one-up. Yeah. Yeah. And it says one-up. It does just what you think it would. Yes. Extra man. Because you start the game with three lives. One thing that's cool, you know, there's, I think there's just one I remember seeing that's just along the way, you mm-hmm. know, and, but they come back like every time. So you can keep, once you get to one of those points, you know, you can keep getting that one up. I mean, if you keep dying. So at least you, you know, it's one of those, like, I can stay here right. without having to continue. And then if you do lose all of your lives, you are given a password. Yeah. Good old grid style passwords. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think those were first started in the Castlevania three yeah, yeah. series. And the coolest part about that is then that is a continue where you can start at the beginning of that level. Which is awesome. Very much so, and very, very welcome in the world of Castlevania. And finally, the item list that you've been waiting for, (laughs) the sub-weapons. Yes, yes. Now, to use a sub-weapon, you do not press up and a button anymore. No, we've been freed from those shackles by the many buttons of the uh, Super Nintendo controller. And it is uh, mapped in its original mode, to the right trigger. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in the options, you can you have free control to map your whip, item, and jump buttons anywhere you want, which is, I wish all games did that. Mm-hmm. It did take me a while to get used to using that upper button for the... Oh, uh, I mapped mine to the X, so I moved mine around a little bit, but... I thought about it, but then I did not. I Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't feel like it's a great move or... <laughs> well, know. to be honest with you, I did not really end up using my sub-weapons as much as I would rely on them in the previous games. Right, right. Since I could whip in any direction during boss fights, they weren't as used needed for spamming the boss. Yeah, yeah. But just like in the previous installments, you do pay for your use of those sub-weapons with hearts. Yes, yes. And you find hearts from killing enemies and destroying candles. You know, you get your classic small and large varieties. The small gives you one heart, and the large gives you five. And then you can hold 99 hearts in total. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing we didn't note was that at the end of each level, it subtracts the amount of hearts and the amount of time you have and gives that to you as extra points for your score. That's true. So there is a time limit on every level. Yeah, I never... Much like the other previous ones, Castlevania, they give you the time limit, but they're usually like four or five hundred seconds. Yes, they're so. very generous unless you um, forget and like you <laughs> go to the bathroom without pausing or you... <laughs> Uh, get distracted by something, and then you don't even think about it. But then you're in the boss fight, and when it gets down to that final 30 seconds, oh, and now it starts it's... making a noise that yeah. freaks you out, and you're like, what's going on? I don't understand. You realize it, and then you panic because the timer keeps going down until the gym, the, the magic crystals picked up. Oh, really? Oh, man. I once beat a level with two seconds to spare. Uh, you really do have to get it before it hits the ground then. You, yeah, in that in that case, I did. But let's go ahead and talk about these items. There is, of course, the classic dagger. Yeah, this um, 
very fast, full screen. You can throw it. Mm -hmm. um, this, to me, uh, very much feels almost identical. This is the start of the one from, like, Symphony of the Night. Yeah. The it's super fast. Super play. quick. Yeah. It's and cool. And it only uses one heart. Yep, yep. So not too expensive and easy to use. Uh, then we have the axe. Yeah. Back. A little slower. Yep. Uh, you get your big arc there. Mm -hmm. um, this, uh, of all the weapons, I feel like this one, the eight-directional whipping, really takes a lot of the wind out of its sails because before oh, yeah. it was your only way to hit up there. But now, eh. I can jump and whip yeah. in a, the corner. Although it is easier, it, it's gonna. You don't have to aim. You don't have to jump. Yeah, and you know we should say these are all modifiable by double and triple shot. So if you can really blast out a bunch mm -hmm. of axes, pretty cool. Which you know, way to ruin it. I was gonna get there in a second. Oh. Next, but <laughs> you can also discover items that are a two in Roman numerals and a three in Roman numerals if you have the two. And as you said, that allows you to have two or three of these items on screen at once. Now, the axe, again, only uses one heart per use, which makes it very economical. And very affordable. If you've got the three, you can really spam it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we have the watch. Stopping time. Back again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess you could get the two and three for this, but there'd be no reason to. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually don't think I ever really used it. Oh, I avoid it like the plague <laughs> for most of the games because I find it to be not as useful and it uses five hearts, which yeah. is too much for me. Now, the final two are the ones that, it's the eternal struggle for me. And it's a big problem when I'm not really exactly sure what the bosses are going to be like. Right, right. Because they are my two favorite. And, uh, well, let's start with the boomerang. It is a giant boomerang in the nerf boomerang style. Yeah. It's the cross boomerang. Yeah, yeah. Not your standard outback boomerang. No, no. <laughs> and it flies across the entire screen, just like it used to. Mm -hmm. Hits things on its way there and back. But it also only uses one heart so it is extremely useful and if you have the three three of them out there that's a lot of hits flying oh, around yeah. all the time yes but honestly i used this final weapon the most really okay uh, it is often referred to as a firebomb it was in this manual but it is also known and rightfully so as the holy water yeah it is a vial of blue liquid you throw down and a magical flame burns in that spot for a moment. Yes, rapid hits on uh, any enemies that are uh, in contact. Mm -hmm. And if you have the two or three, then you're free to just start tossing them out wherever you want. Ugh, yeah, it's great. And in this game, they only take one heart Yeah, instead yeah. of the three or five they used to. So you can just start throwing them wherever, whenever you want. Go hog wild. It is wonderful. And it is how I defeated mini boss in this game. I believe it, yeah. Any ones that weren't in the air, and even some of the ones that were in the air, as long as they <laughs> touched the ground at some point. Yeah. But those are all of the items, all of your sub-weapons. I don't think we have anything else to discuss here in the gameplay portion, so let's just get moving on to our next segment. All right, Nick, this is Konami, a powerhouse of the gaming industry at this point. Oh, yeah. This is their flagship title on a new system, the Super Nintendo Graphics galore. Yeah, yeah. Nice big instruction manuals. Please tell me this one is a full-color, mini-page masterpiece. Well, um, it's uh, it's full-color. Okay. It's uh, coming in at a pretty scant 19 pages. Ooh, um, all right. pretty slim. Mm -hmm. um, you got lots of screenshots, uh, mainly of the enemies. Any any artwork at all? Uh, just the items. So, okay. Eh, nothing too hot there. Um, or there's a few. There's a weird selection of seven enemies at the end that get their own artwork. So. Hmm. I'll pepper those in, I guess, as we run across them. Uh, well, good news is I actually know the names of a fair amount of these due to the intense amount of farming I've done 
in future Castlevania oh, games. Oh, right, right. To get items out of so many of these these enemies. I mean, it does show you the names of all the bosses and stuff, so that's cool. You know. Okay. Interestingly enough, you know, you do have a couple pages of story where it lets you know, you know, you're Simon again, and mm-hmm. you know, you have to fight Dracula. But this is also, at least as far as I remember, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong, but in the instructions, this was the first area I remember seeing where they're like, every 100 years or so, Dracula comes yeah, back. Yeah, the cycle. So they, they bring that up, and it's like, wait, if I've already beaten him twice, and he's supposed to come back every 100 years, but I'm the same guy? Like, yeah, kind of weird. Like, I, it made me, it made me question some things. But, mm. oh, actually, uh, it also explains that this was an evil group of, a group of evil people mm. did a, a, some sort of ceremony to bring him back. So maybe that's like they, you know... Busted the the cycle, right. you know. But yeah, Drax back, and you got to battle him. So get to it, Simon. And the rest of the, you know, goes through the controls. Um, I did think it was cool. They're explaining your eight directional whip. It says that Simon found an ancient tome that allowed him to learn some new whip tricks. Oh, and I guess the jumping. So they at least kind of acknowledge your changed uh, move set. You know, right, right. So you got that going for you um, now. How did Konami handle the transition to Super Nintendo in the pun department? Uh, there's a few, but not very many. I was actually pretty disappointed. They're mostly yeah. enemy names or, you know, mm. nothing nothing too crazy, unfortunately. Okay. But what is cool is you have a pretty awesome uh, password section at the end. Yeah. Which is actually, it's a... Uh, 12 four by four grids for you to draw the little oh you know like the actual password so I was that's like, really cool way to go guys i can definitely remember the goofy uh password page in my password notebook for the right. uh castlevania 3 where you'd have to first draw that grid real quick yeah draw the grid then it's like shorthand for different symbols yeah it's and... always interesting to see what symbols everyone had you know for the different things like how did how did you shorthand the whip for me it was just a diagonal line with a curved line underneath it I was trying to decode. There were a couple in the scan I looked at that oh. somebody had wrote, but they had like, it was all letters. There were like H's and O's, and I was like, I don't know what mm. you were getting at here. Letters. No, that's, you need to draw that in. Especially the heart. Come on. Easy. But yeah, so uh, it does its job pretty well, but you know, the game doesn't have a lot to explain really, so you don't get a ton. All right. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with this game, Castlevania, the Super Castlevania 4. Yeah, um, well, I, I played it semi-frequently. I, I never owned it, but I'm sure I rented it when it first came out. And then, of oh, yeah. course, our friend Bill had it, so I played it with him throughout the years. Since this did come out in November in the United States, that was literally two months after the launch of the system. Right, right. I got my system... The week after it came out, due to my birthday's placement, right afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the rental market was a serious drought <laughs> yeah. those first few months. Because oh, yeah. not only were there very few games to get, everyone was trying to get those same few games. So, of course, I'd already rented Pilot Wings. Right, right. You know, whatever other junk was out there. I don't know. UN Squadron was an early one, right? I rented that one quite a few times as well. But you can believe I definitely rented this as soon as it came out. Yeah, yeah. And I do remember enjoying it a, a fair bit. Yeah. But I also remembered it being very hard. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I It had a kind of a difficult reputation, mm-hmm. you know? I'm pretty sure I rented it at least twice, but I know I never beat it at that time. Likewise. Well, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game then? Well, I beat it. 
mostly um, like you should, but I started. To, I had to cheat at the end to squeeze it in time. Yeah, same here. Uh, I was on vacation uh, this past week in the wonderful city of Pittsburgh. Woo! It was pretty nice. And when I returned, I gave myself two days to beat this game, which probably wasn't enough. <laughs> so I played it the first night, and I totally misremembered the difficulty level of the first half of this game. Sure, yeah. It was yeah, just yeah. breezing through. So I thought, hey, I'll take it easy tonight and finish it up tomorrow. Ooh, that was a mistake. Because uh, the second night, you know, like you, um, I wasn't cheating, no save stating. I was like, oh, I got this. I'm going to destroy this game, show yeah, it yeah. what's up. But when you get to that final le- last uh, level or two in the castle, my God, it is uh, yeah, yeah, that's... it is a brutal nightmare. <laughs> it is very different from the first half of the game. And I had to save state or I would not have even, not. there's no way I would have beaten that in that night. And I was still up an hour and a half later than I wanted to be just uh... to get through it. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, it really made me, I was like, you know, this game's not as hard, or maybe I'm just way better now because I've been doing so much playing these old games, and then that all came crashing down once I got to, like, level nine, maybe, I think? Like, yeah, well, once you're in Dracula's castle proper, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's move right into our next segment, and we can discuss all that in a little more detail. I didn't realize it was theirs. <laughs> well, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And, uh, well, I'd like to say that this game is not the Mode 7 overload that I had remembered. Right, right. But it is also not nearly as uh, hard as I remembered until the very end. Yeah, definitely. I, it, the difficulty spikes at the end in a way that I don't necessarily think is bad or unfair, but it, it caught me off guard and I was ill-prepared. Definitely. It holds your hand very much in the first two, three levels. The bosses are a breeze and you really, it really works up your confidence quite a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, the big thing for me was that when you get the frequency of like platforming and falling deaths, that, yeah. that was the big thing. Like towards the end, you know, there might be a few spots throughout that aren't too bad, but when you get to those last few levels, you're like, if I mess up, I'm dead. Like, or you get hit by any flying creature yeah, or yeah. shooting creature. Like that's, <laughs> that's all that matters. Simon, uh, one thing that did not change is that if you get hit in the air, you still jerk back like a, you know, rag doll. So mm-hmm. and watch that is out. Very unfortunate. The graphics in this game, I think, uh, for the most part, are really, really great looking. Yeah. I, I love the animations of all the enemies. Most enemies look really good. Yeah, a lot of them are familiar enemies, but rendered in uh, loving 16-bit yeah, yeah. detail. Simon himself looks really good and is extremely well animated. Yeah, it's a, a uh, large sprite. Uh, my only real gripe is uh, lack of pants. I yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is <laughs> You know, when they transferred up to the 16-bit generation, they really doubled down on his outfit. Which is a weird outfit. I mean, it's kind of, it's armor, but... It's, it's like barbarian-ish, like a barbarian mixed with something. I don't know what, but it's not an, a look I've really ever seen anywhere else. Well, it's like, yeah, it's, it's part of like, say, plate armor, but they got rid of the mail. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I have a chest plate and some... A skirt. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I don't have a problem with the skirt or anything. It's just, I don't know, it just doesn't 
something about the way it looks just doesn't gel at this fidelity. It feels, yeah, I, I don't know. I, like I said, pants, pants the musical. We need it here. Um, you know, I don't mind if he's not wearing pants. I just need the outfit, the rest of it, to not look as heavily armored in the top part and his arms and chest yeah. if he's going to be leaving his legs exposed. Well, man, maybe I'm sure this is a question many female gamers have asked themselves for many years. So, you know, we're, we're getting it now, but... But it is a little distracting at first. I will agree to that. I will. I will say, if that's the price you have to pay for a better jump control, you know, take off your pants. Then maybe more adventurers could, uh, you know. I think so. We'll see. I don't know. Now the music in this game is an amazing step up. I mean, yeah, the music was great in the other ones. It's one of the highlights. But sure. being able to have the samples now really takes the music from the earlier games, which they sample a lot of the tunes from. Yeah, yeah. it just gives them a, a much deeper richness this soundtrack kind of goes in some weird places it's all around like you do have a lot of sweet like uh, castlevania what i feel like organ stuff very uh, gothic yeah. heavy sounding music and some really like ripping bass lines like on mm -hmm. almost all the songs especially if you are playing with headphones you can it'll really get you man definitely but sometimes it's a little more i don't know it's like there's this jazzy prog rock undertone yeah, yeah. that doesn't quite fit i think for the castlevania feel in some levels but not all yeah, there is a deep love of the prog rock, it seems, in the Japanese gaming music-making circles. Right, right. Well, I mean, it is music. You're not, I don't know. It's it's not meant to be repetitive. And, you know, when mm -hmm. you're playing a game and you're going to be hearing this over and over, you want it to not, you know, really drill into your brain. So I guess, you know. Yeah. But overall, I did enjoy it. Now, the sound effects, to me, were kind of hit or miss. There are some that are just, they're, they're a little too much, I feel like. Yeah, I I know what you mean. They, I mean, there are certain ones. Um, you know, I was going through listening, and you know, you can. There's a sound test in the options mm -hmm. menu, so you can hear some that have a lot more fidelity than I realize when you're just playing, because of oh, yeah. course you got music going over it and etc. But I will have to say that I do have one gripe, and that is with the backgrounds of this game. Yeah. Now it's not against the exterior backgrounds because for the most part those are done in really loving detail of really cool forests or things like that. Mm -hmm. It's just that the interior backgrounds it seemed a little samey and repetitive and almost even sparse in a lot of places. Some of them, like, uh, when you're, especially when you're inside Castlevania, like yeah. the first... Uh, like the hallways, like, just yeah. looked awful. I know what you mean. Or, like, where it's like, hey, this is your classic first level of mm -hmm. Castlevania. And you're like, okay, cool, but it's just white. Like, yeah, I'm like, this know. looked better on the Nintendo. Some of them are a little slight. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, it's like, did you guys just run out of time? Like, you know, I know this is a ladder level, I don't know. But, you know, and that's a small gripe. Otherwise, I think, you know, overall the graphics in this are really top-notch. Yeah, and uh, I got to say, one of the things I really like about this game, uh, as opposed to many other castles, they, they stuck with, it's not all in Castlevania. So you get some sweet outside uh, spooky forest levels and stuff. Oh, yeah, and I think that outside stuff is really, really shines. Now, as you said, uh, we mentioned earlier, the, the real startling thing about this game is that difficulty curve that ramps up in the final part of the game yeah because so much of the you know first two-thirds of this game i mean i, I really almost had no trouble with and if yeah, i died yeah. it was because i did something really dumb well, like the first two days I, I would play and beat like i've just beat three levels you know i'm mm -hmm. and then beat three and i'm okay i'm cruising through this game and then roadblock once you get, get to the end where i was like holy cow yeah I just wish there had been a slighter ease in the difficulty ramp. 
I can see it, yeah. You know, just get me used to some of these harder jumps. Make a couple of the bosses in the middle of the game require a little more thought than whip as fast as you can. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a, a small gripe to have when so much of the game is accessible and fun to play through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to note was that I really felt like they sped up the the gameplay of the previous Castlevanias. You mm-hmm, in play, mm-hmm. a lot of the other ones, it was really more of a plodding pace where you had to be very deliberate about yeah. where you were going to land, where you were going to go, and you had to plan out each room you went through. Definitely, yeah. But this one, it felt more run and gun. You could just go and attack, and you didn't have to think as much, especially with being able to whip in any direction. Yeah, well, you have options now where you can respond to things so that... Definitely. It's uh, not pre-planning, it's reaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't begrudge it for this. You know, I don't begrudge this game for this any, nowadays, but I remember when this came out, and it kind of felt to me where I was like, this feels like a step back, you know, because it is very linear. It's mm-hmm. back in the Castlevania 1 mold. Right. After, you know, I love Castlevania 2, and then... And you know I love Castlevania 3. And 3 is awesome. You have multiple characters and paths, so yeah. I was kind of, like, disappointed, I remember. But I mean, once you realize what they were going for, just a really, like, shine, polished, old-school right. game, it, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I felt the same way. We're both of the mindset that when the Super Nintendo came out, in many ways we were hoping for just larger versions of the games (laughs) we had played before. Yeah, yeah. And in turn, we were given those games with a higher graphical fidelity. Yeah, they were a lot prettier or quicker, maybe. Yeah. But one thing I do like about this is you definitely see the feeling of moving towards the Symphony of the Night where you are a character of movement. You're a character Mm -hmm. of, of agency. It's not just the thoughtful picking apart a room and how you are going to encounter each enemy. It's more of a, oh, I can just run and gun. I can go forward and, yeah. in a way, that is a slightly more enjoyable experience. Yeah, definitely. This is it, folks. The level-by-level level portion of our show. There are nine stages in this game, and then there are two bonus parts in the final area. Yeah, very much like, uh, again, Castlevania 1, each each level is broken into several blocks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, usually triggered by leave, going through a door, beating a boss or something. Yeah, and we're just going to briefly go through each individual stage here and talk about the boss at the end of it. Yeah. Now, like the previous Castlevania game 3... You do get a nice map in between Mm -hmm. the levels, and it shows you where you've been and where you're going, and even maybe a preview of where you're going to be fighting the boss. It's a pretty, I mean, it's just a graphical thing. You know, it looks nice, but it also can give you some clues. Like, you can see, okay, I'm going up. It's pretty accurate to the kind of uh, setting and gameplay of the levels you're about to go to. Yeah, and that's another thing we didn't talk about in general chat that is nice, is that these levels do have a progression and feeling of movement through areas. Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. not just outside. It feels like you're going down through the ravine, then up the mountainside yeah, to yeah. the hills, and then you know up or down through the areas. So that's, that's a pretty nice little bonus. Stage one begins right outside the... Well, it's not outside the castle proper. It's outside the extended gates. Like a fort or something? Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure. You know, you do have the... 
classic little approach, you know, where you get a few screens to get some morning stars and stuff. And mm-hmm. then you go to the, the drawbridge, which is pretty cool. It's mode seven and it draws up, you know. If you stand on it, it will slide you down to the entrance. That's right. You're not getting out of here once this bad boy is shut. No. And then one other thing to note is that I felt like, you know, the game is really front loaded with the mode seven stuff. Yeah, yeah. Most of it happens early on in the game, and then it's kind of forgotten about as you go on. I mean, on. there's a couple spots. I, I do give them credit for it being a pretty much uh, very tasteful use of it. They're not going, just trying to cram it in, you know? know? And for some reason in my mind, it was like, I remember there's being Mode 7 everywhere all the time. Yeah, there are things. Well, yeah. But in, in reality, it's not. Like you said, it's much more tastefully done than my re- memory uh, recalls there, it. There are just certain sections that I had conflated where I was like, this is a whole level like this and it's just a room yeah exactly <laughs> and you know in the very beginning you go through this courtyard area and there's a giant fence and a la mario mm-hmm. super mario world you can go in front of and behind it and you have to to go across these gaps in the floor yeah you get your two plane effect uh mm-hmm. while you're fighting you know different uh there's lots of skeletons you know all bats. your standard skeletons and bats and you know what the bats and birds in this game i don't care about they don't bother no, me at all. No, no. Usually they're... I hate those birds, but in this one, since I can whip in different directions, and I feel like they're a little slower, I don't care. They've lost a lot of the sting, and you know that they used to have. They, and it seems in general, except for towards the end, we'll get there. But there's not as many pit deaths to worry about, which was part of my problems with birds in the past. Yeah. And then you'll be right into a structure here in that first level, and you will get to use those brass rings to swing across. Yeah, yeah. And the first one, of course, is done over a very safe floor to give you a little time to figure it out. Yeah, get used to it. You'll see um, this is where they start bringing in the dragon cannons again. You'll see familiar foes. Yeah, yeah. And again, you can attack their projectiles, so they are not too much trouble ever. And now that you can whip them from under the floor... Or yeah, at yeah. an angle from under the floor. Well, that's one thing that I love is that I feel like they didn't really change a lot of the enemy placement from mm-hmm. previous patterns. So I'm like, you know, you'll see it and you'll be like, holy cow, I got to go up these steps and turn around and whip this guy real fast. And then, no, I can just whip them through the floor now. Like, yeah. it makes me feel like I really am powered up. It, like, it, they, it they haven't realized it yet. You know, like, <laughs> I found this book. Simon knows what's up. The enemies are still on their old routes, I guess. I don't know. Yes. So uh, you end that block there, and the second block is like going into an old mansion. Yeah, or like a stables. That's what I always, because you have the horse. Which oh, yeah, is, the horse heads. There are two things here, okay? I wanted to talk about some enemies that seem to be those plants that grow out of the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see those in the manual, but it also says there are viper swarms. So do you think that might be what those are? I, I No. I don't think they look like it, but what are the viper swarms? They're one of the few named drawn enemies. Yeah, I don't I know. I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, I knew what those plants were called. I mean, I remember seeing them in other ones. Those plants you know? return in uh, Symphony of the Night and other ones as well. I just, it was just a little personal mystery. But what is not a mystery are those sweet horse heads that attack you. Mm-hmm. Their name, Mr. Head. Not Mr. Ed? No, no, Head. Oh, H-E-D. okay. H-E-D. Gotcha. Oh, <laughs> even, even better. So, yeah, I, that made me laugh quite a bit. Yes, and... You know, I guess you are right that this is a stable because towards the end, uh, you find the boss of this level, and it is a horse with a man on its back. Yeah, a skeletal horse with, with a, a skeleton, skeleton man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, mounted skeletons got a. It's got like a lance, but when it first appears, I just I I remember I specifically remember attacking with the dagger, where there's a little uh, block you can jump on that mm-hmm. puts you right on right in line with it and just blast away. 
it only takes like four hits anyways. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Whip. Yeah, like, it, I just took hits from it, stood there and hit it, and it was gone. About well, and about what's so it like? Halfway, the horse will die, and then mm-hmm. he'll jump off and try to spear you with his lance. But again, this guy should not take thirty seconds to beat. Definitely not. You defeat it, you get that magical, magical crystal, and yeah. we, your health is refilled. And you move on to the next level. Now, in the next level, you will start with the same item you had before, but mm-hmm. you will not have any of the hearts you had. Right, right. You'll have to start refilling that heart meter. In stage two, the forest. Yeah, really cool looking outside. Um, you got some spiders in here. You know, a big theme for me in the beginning levels of this game was, oh no, it's this enemy I hate. Right, right. But then, I don't hate him as much because I can just whip anywhere I want. Refreshing, yeah. You, you charge through. There are those zombie hands that come out of the ground and can grab you. But they don't hurt you. They just hold you in place. Yeah, they're not too bad. And then you find your first incline. Yeah, you slope down into like a ravine, cavern kind of area. Yeah, that's new for Simon. There's little, walking at an angle. The spike rolly guys. that uh, like, like an armadillo thing? It's a weird... It doesn't seem like a very Castlevania-ish monster. No, it looks more like a critter. Yeah, yeah, from the movie yeah. Critters. Yes, it does. <laughs> but hey, whatever. And you know, you make your way through the woods here. Yeah, you'll get to uh, after the woods. I think that's where the next block starts, where you have like sludge. Yeah, it's like can... a quote quicksand kind of thing, but it's not very quick at all. You can jump in there and jump yeah. out real easy. And this is where you'll have uh, ravens, and those little toads are kind of a pain in the butt. That... The really tiny toads are just because they're they're small and hard to hit. You got to do the wiggle. Yeah, to get them the most. Flap it around. But, you know, this is your first encounter with the ravens, I think. And again, this is another one of those parts where you're like, oh man, ravens. Buckle down, but no. No. I'll just angle whip those guys any day of the week. Easy, easy. You make your way through this area. And, you know, this is one of those areas you talked about where the backgrounds are just so nice. You see there's a lot of detail in them. Vines and trees and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun to look. Really cool. You make your way all the way through that swamp and then you'll get to the bridges. Yeah, hit up. Yeah, it's uh, towards the top of the screen. You know, plug and ride. I think there's, as usual, there's usually ravens up on the bridges in the Castlevania world. So Yeah. And then another interesting thing about this level is that you fight the boss at the midpoint. At the end of the swamp area is the Medusa. Oh, yeah. Medusa's looking good. Uh, yeah. Topless. Totally topless, man. There's no details to it, but this really blew my mind as a young 11 or 12-year-old. You, Holy cow. Medusa boobs. Well, I'm glad it did. It still does. And uh, this boss, though, if you have the holy water. Oh, geez. Is, I, I don't even know what she did. Because I threw well, out the holy water and it, she's dead. Like, I mean, even with the whip, you can just like crouch and keep whipping and she'll grind herself to death. You know, moving back and forth with those little snakes will come out, but they're nothing. You know, they're very. You know what? I do remember I, I didn't, uh, I did have to whip her a few times and I got turned to stone. But if you get turned to stone with your whip out and she walks into it, it'll still hurt her. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Is this where you wiggle to break the stone like, or is that not till Symphony of the Night? I don't know. I'm sure I did wiggle. I don't know if it helped. <laughs> I do know that when you kill her, she explodes in a ton of little snakes. Yeah, pretty That's cool. Really cool looking. You defeat her and then you move on to a kind of some forest ruins. Yeah, this will, you know, you'll, you'll be heading to the right and some kind of caverny but the river you really have a river slope that will start coming down pushing Mm -hmm. you it reverses flow kind of sometimes yeah now the push of that river is not too bad there are some one hit kill spikes around but i never had any trouble with them yeah it's not too tough you'll see those weird i feel like they look like batman 
but they make like dolphin noises when you kill them. You know, they the look, ones that or, fly like in a, from they, the the sky. Yeah, they sound like a seagull or something. They look like they're going to be really tough. Yeah, and then yeah. you just barely touch them and they <laughs> flip over and fall like a stone. Yeah, easy. Very easy. You also will see the first appearance of one of my favorite enemies, the disembodied hand that flies. Yeah. That is named The Claw. Okay. In the manual. In quotations. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Luckily, I mean, it was real slow. So it's never, never a problem. Right, right. No, no, it's not. Not at all. But if you can make your way all the way down this mountainous water slide to the end, you're scot-free. Yeah. Because you've already beaten the boss. That's the cool part about this level. That's right. Time to move on up to stage three. Another cavern. <laughs> yep, you are deep in the caves now. But these caves look sweet. The green backgrounds, the the formations in the back. It's like, like a limestone feel, kind of. Yeah, it looks really good. You now, see um, those sweet rock golem guys that split into little versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. you got to beat them down. Those are always a blast. They're never a challenge, but they, they definitely really. <laughs> cause some slowdown when you have like eight of them on screen at once. Oh, yeah. It's pretty straightforward. You get some mild platforming here. Yeah, there is a little uh, secretish area where you can break some uh, blocks and then make your way into a cave that has health, food. Yeah, yeah. A this bunch is of an area that I think the music gives it a more. You know, some of these songs sound more like it. They're like exploring music, not action music. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- this has a kind of a leisurely pace to it. That at least the flow, anyways. Then once you make your way through the caves, you find yourselves at the base. Of a waterfall tower. Yeah, you got to climb your way up. There are uh, a lot of there's several grappling rings here mm-hmm. to to make your way through, and some dragon cannons. It's uh, pretty straightforward. While you do have to swing through the water, there really aren't any places where the water pushes you around. Right. Yeah. So that's not one of the obstacles you're going to have to deal with. It's mainly there to distract you by being a, a block visually. Yeah, like a foreground mm-hmm. cosmetics. But, you know, if you can make it all the way to the top of that, you will be out of that area and into the ruined swampland. Yeah, this has got your classic Castlevania water on the bottom, you know, kind of dilapidated bridge feel. Fishmen popping up. Yeah, those guys little, and they like spit at you. Mm-hmm. And, and this time out. they spit like a very hard water stream, not just yeah. the blob out. I think it looks really cool. It does, but I found them to, like, I never even had to, like, fight them, really. No, no, yeah, just ignore them. Yeah, yeah, they just were a slight nuisance. This is also the first appearance, I think, of one of my least favorite enemies in the game, that little orange eyeball that comes out and it drops yes. flames because it has a weird movement. Like, this was lets you know that they knew what was up with the eight-directional Yeah, because it stays, like, right outside. It moves just past you, but not and far it's enough. really only able to hit it if you jump up and whip vertically yeah, you at gotta, the exact right timing. Yeah. And it takes way longer than you want it to. Yeah, they're they're devious, so beware. But you can get through this area. You can keep climbing up. Make your way through. The second half really is the first test of your ring roping <laughs> skills. You're going to be swinging across a lot of gaps. Yeah, and um, you'll be seeing quite a few of those dragon skeletons in this area as well. Mm-hmm. Which, again, a lot easier now that you can hit them when they're up. The dragon head moves up and down, and you can just, like, whip away when it's on your level. And then when it moves up, hit it diagonally. There's no safe spot for the poor fools. Yeah. It's, I mean, I used to hate the the moving dragon heads. Yeah. yeah. But now, meh, why not? I'll Nothing. go fight them. Is that all you got? Exactly. You know, just take your time. Make your way to the very top. And, well, 
And that's where the boss lies. Um, you'll be fighting the two, the twin Orphic Vipers, which look like dragons, really. But that's right. I was like, I don't remember what you're talking about at all. Uh, like the yeah, the screen starts to fill up with water, and, and, and then you have three platforms that you are on. And okay, I was recently, uh, semi recently, playing through some of the Castlevania three, and I really had a problem with a very similar boss in that game. So when I saw this screen start to fill up and stuff, I got really worried. I I thought for sure I was going to take some falling deaths here. Mm -hmm. But no. No, the jump is so nice in this one that you really don't have to. In fact, I never went down to that middle, the very bottom one, because I also, again, I had the holy water here. Oh, yeah. So anytime their heads got near that bottom one, I was just, throw away, (laughs) keep throwing holy waters. And, I mean, between that and a couple whips... These guys are we're nothing. Well, they only have, you know, each head has a different, one of them shoots like a triple spread of fireballs and mm-hmm. the other one shoots a little flamethrower kind of thing down at an angle, but they're very easy to dodge. So yeah, if you jump easily. to the back area, the one can't ever hit you. Yeah. Yeah. So again, just take your time, man. You will, you'll get through this guy. No sweat. Yes, sir. You'll pick up that magic crystal, get your health refilled and move on to stage four. Yeah. This is like a ruined fort maybe Mm -hmm. battlements kind of backgrounds yeah uh you're gonna start dealing with a lot more skeletons and armored creatures in here yeah there's a cool background effect where there are little skulls like mounted in the wall i was just gonna mention yeah they follow you around when you move or they just look at you yeah their eyes just well the whole head turns and then you know it looks at you and so many times there's a couple of these little flourishes around yeah yeah there's that there's some brick movement some books move in an area they always freaked me out at first because I was like, uh-oh, is that a thing that's going to yeah, pop gonna, out? Is it going to wait for me to pass and then attack? Because that there is that thing. Yeah, and this level, too, is when we'll start seeing those platforms that rotate over. The flippy ones, you know, when you jump on them, then yes. they rotate. So Classic you gotta be, Castlevania. Got to be quick with your jumps. I do feel like you have to be a little quicker in this one than the older ones. There's I did. A little I, less time. I uh, I ran up against that as well. I like, died uh, a, a couple times from those just because I was like, not really taking it as seriously as I should <laughs> due to the nature of breezing through many right, other right. portions of this area. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think you also will encounter the Medusa heads in here. Oh, right, yeah. Not as bad as they used to be, you know? No, uh, they only take one hit, so, you know, just, just do it. I mean, you can hit them at an angle, forward, you know. It's it's really so much easier than it used to be. And I feel like they're not as frequent as they were in the other ones as yeah, well. Yeah, Since they're a larger sprite and you're a larger sprite, there can't be as many flying around at once. And this, you know, we should say, too, this game has a pretty forgiving enemy respawn. Like, they don't come back right away if you back up or, you know what I mean? No, you have to go quite a ways to force a respawn on an enemy. To their credit. So right at the end of this derelict uh, building of whatever sort we decided it was, you will have your <laughs> boss in the middle again. And it is weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's a giant skull with a big tongue. Um, it's named Puexel. Okay, it looks like a like a Mayan or Aztec name. I don't know. It's it kind does of not look like a Mayan or Aztec thing. <laughs> no, it's it's big and it, you know there's a big long tongue that's pretty well animated and, and it shoots something at you. It like hops around. The things fall from the ceiling. Oh, that's it's, what it does. Yeah. Um, Again, this... if you have the holy water, oh jeez, when bet. it lands, it takes four holy waters. Just take it out. To kill it. I would just like, I would soak a couple hits from the tongue, but just keep whipping them and mm-hmm. whipping straight up when things would fall to stop them from hitting me. Not not very tough at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I burned through this guy. And then you're into, well, Spike World. Yeah, you get your short little uh, venture up into, uh, you'll see a grappling hook. 
or a ring, and once you start to grapple it, and the screen will rotate. And this really confused me for a minute. Yeah, me too. I died quite a few times after it stopped rotating, <laughs> trying to jump. I was like, I got to get over there. I never. I'm so I... glad you did, because <laughs> I died at least twice uh, trying the exact same thing. So the room will rotate, and a platform that was now a wall to your left is now the floor. And uh, Nick and I, apparently, both thought that you were now supposed to jump to the whole opening to your left. This was where I think I mixed this up with Super Ghouls and Ghosts, where there actually is a level where you're constantly oh, yeah. sevening. But here, it's just like this one little spot. If you just wait, kill some Medusa heads. It's and... like only like six. Yeah. And then rotate again. And then a big floor or a big platform will appear, allowing you to exit. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I'm so glad that you did the same thing because I was a little embarrassed <laughs> at, at that one. I was like, I, I, am I missing this jump? It doesn't I, seem like I'm doing anything wrong. I was really getting frustrated for a minute, but luckily figured it out. Yes. And then afterwards, uh, you are now kind of on the run. You have a very long path of, well, bridges. Yeah, and this is where the background is like, it looks curved. It's spinning vertically kind mm -hmm. of. And, and you, the bridge behind you is slowly falling away. Yeah. So you need to be on your toes through here. Yeah, there's um, one thing that's cool. I like those little, like, I don't know if they're blobs, but they're like the pink sections mm -hmm. where the guys jump out of in the background if they come yes. close enough. Pretty cool. Right. It's not a not too bad of a, an area. Now, what is a little worse is the next area. And this is a, a forced scrolling vertical area where it's not forced scrolling by the screens, is that all of your platforms that move up are scrolling at a constant rate. Yeah, so you can, and I mean, and they're scrolling against some that are not. So you can get squished. You got to move in and out. There's, there are quite a few uh, candles up around in here, but I normally just ignore them. And Oh, I ignored everything. I'm sure there's tons of great secrets, power-ups or whatever, but right, right. there's no point in trying to get those because you really have very little time to get through these tight areas before you're squished between the two giant stones. Yeah, yeah, but if you, you make it through, and then you'll see some uh, old friends, a uh, spiked press platform things mm -hmm. right away, but uh, watch out for those. Yeah, I will say that this whole area, I did go up vertically way more than I ever expected to. Yeah. Like, at one point, I was like, is this looping? I, it will loop eventually if you miss it, because I did have that where I was like, I couldn't get through the gap. Okay, then maybe I did loop. I was very confused. But yeah, if you find the falling and rising uh, spiked platforms, then you're in the right area to keep moving through. And, you know, the last area is just more and more of that. You're just trying to move to the up and to the right without getting squished. Yeah, and um, eventually that's when you'll make it to the boss room containing Koronat, which is a big uh, stone rock man. Oh, yeah, you know? this guy was very, very lame. He looks like he would be tough. He's not. But I mm -hmm. think it's a cool effect, kind of, because he's a big sprite that, as you hit him in the head, he starts to shrink. And we'll... I, Are you sure it's the head? I think you can just hit him anywhere. Oh, maybe. I I, I was just hitting him. Because I, I was, guess, yeah. again, holy water. Oh, right, right. Well, he, this guy, you know, well, kind of like old uh, Frankenstein, you know, things are falling from the ceiling is what you're really wanting to watch out for. Mm-hmm. But pretty easy. He will eventually get beaten down to nothing. I just thought it was a cool, like it's a sprite that they mode sevened out to scale it up, but yeah. it still has frames. Well, and it doesn't look horrible. The way they, no, the, no. the amount of scaling they've done was small enough to where it does look like it's growing and shrinking without being too goofy. Yeah. So or elastic. I, I just thought it was, I mean, not a tough boss, but pretty cool looking. Agreed. Not tough. 
uh, you defeat him, you get that power crystal, and you move on to the next stage. Stage five. All right, guys, we're going to have to put a pin in this one right here. Uh, apparently, we can talk about Super Castlevania a lot longer than we had anticipated. I can't stop. And uh, that means this is going to be a two-parter, as you saw in the title of the show, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So next week's game will continue to be the Super Castlevania 4. So if you haven't started yet, there are so many ways to find a copy of this game and play along, friends. So you better do it. Definitely. Get on board. Get on board, play along, and, uh, well, next week we'll come back at you with the second half of the show, talk about all the levels and the frustrating end of the game. <laughs> oh, so remember, folks, if you want to uh, get a hold of us about anything that your heart desires, you can do so at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. We'll read it and talk back to you. We will. We will also do that if you contact us on the Facebook. It's like email for younger people. Yeah. Or the future. Or I, mean, I just yeah. makes me feel real old. I don't yeah. know. I don't know exactly how Facebook works, folks. I remember books. I'm more of a friendster kind of guy. But we will return any messages we get from you on there, even if I have to email you back instead of using that stupid messenger app. <laughs> but we do love seeing all the fun stuff you post there, uh, any remembrances, all of your fun memories of playing these games, any goofy memes you want to show me and Nick. We'll yeah. look at them. We also let you know when new shows drop on Twitter at Cart Command. Our show is available, as you know, on every device that listens to podcasts. Type in Cartridge. We'll probably be one of the first four, maybe yeah. five uh, entries. And subscribe. So, you know, that way you get the show as soon as it drops. And finally, we must always thank those awesome folks at Patreon.com slash Cartridge Command that give us their hard-earned dollars. I do want to say a special shout out. We have a couple uh, Patreon members that only give us $1. And you know what? Yeah. I love it. You know, I, I'm the same way. I have a couple Patreons that, you know, I don't have all the money in the world, but I want to show those folks that I do care about their content and I want to give them something. And I really love seeing those $1 contributions. Like, Definitely. It makes me know that you guys really do care and we super appreciate it. So, hey, all you dollar contributors, thank you so much this week Still and every week. Valuable parts of the Cartridge Command Army. And as long as you folks out there keep giving us a few dollars every month, we'll keep making this show. Cranking it out. So, thank you guys so much. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game, game On! on. What do you think this is? Uh, that other game that you avoid trying to get the thing? Monster World oh, Boy? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.